Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 30, Senior Week. Mary, what happened this week? Now that he's graduating, Steve fully expects Rush to offer him a junior partner position at his company. This does not happen. Instead, Steve learns that now that he's out of college, he's on his own. Also, here's some books by self-made men that will inspire you to greatness. By the way, is your dad nominated for Best Alumni? Steve takes the news hard, sad drinking on campus and arguing with Claire, who just got news that her dad is leaving CU to teach in Paris, also Claire's invited. Also, Brandon won an Outstanding Student Award, and instead of roasting Brandon at the ceremony, Steve roasts himself. Upon accepting the award, Brandon also roasts Steve, who at the end of the following chain of events ends up in a fountain. But it's fine, Steve and Brandon have a bro talk and come to an understanding that even if they're on their own now, they still have their frustrating, annoying friendship to fall back on. Yep. Yeah. Like, I I really love when, Mary, you can so perfectly encapsulate a story and I feel mm-hmm. like I can just be like, yeah, that's what Steve did this week. Nothing. Fell in a fountain. Did more nothing. Yeah. Like, it really does help me then stop having to, like, actually recap things and just react. Like, for example, when Rush was asking Steve about if he got the CU Alumni Award, I was like, since when did Rush go to CU? Wasn't he, was not he not a USC, like, legacy or something at one point? I don't I know he's a keg alum. Right. Because that's why Steve wanted to join is like yeah, he was going to be a legacy. But then yeah, Rush at the end he's like why do you think I wanted to win this award and why I've been spending so much time there? It's to be closer to you. And I was like we see you mm-hmm. when he f- like when they're threatening to kick Steve out, not when you actually want to hang out. Exactly. And also he's like I don't know, Rush's whole whole attitude this episode, like, I don't really have a problem with Rush, like, because what he was doing was very Rush of him, but it was like, I don't know, he was like, hey man, did you check on me? Did you check on me? It was very almost like Rush was Steve and Steve was Rush, in a weird way, because Rush is just, like, not picking up on the fact that, like, his son is, like, nervous about graduating and also you just dropped a bomb on him that your trust fund baby is no longer going to have any sort of support financially whatsoever and you're just like but that award that basically means nothing though (laughs) yeah let's talk about how tv this episode is where like the week of graduation they're finishing finals like Mm -hmm. it's in another story but the first scene in this episode is them talking about having finished finals or having one left yeah and now is when Steve finds out he's cut off and needs a job. Like, right? Rush has not been having conversations with him about, like, get an internship. Think of a plan. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And same thing on the other side with Claire, who shows up at her dad's office at the end of the semester. And his secretary is just like, isn't it so romantic that he's quitting his job to move to France? And, like, the fact that this receptionist would just, like, 
have such loose lips and just let things fly all the all the time, I guess. I'm like, bro, what if she didn't know? And now you're just meddling, which she didn't know. And now you're just meddling into a father-daughter relationship that has already been kind of weird because of the whole Samantha stuff. Yeah. And that was my follow-up is like, okay, this is actually, if we think about it, like a really messed up father-daughter relationship. Like Mm -hmm. we just had the Mother's Day episode where it turns out that neither of them have appropriately like healed together Mm -hmm. about Claire's mom. And then he takes a job on a nine-hour time difference without talking to her and then is just like, oh, come with me when – Let's be honest, Claire definitely has plans. Oh, for sure. And if she doesn't have solid plans, she has an idea, right? Like she knows what she wants. And I think it's like unintentionally manipulative of Arnold. Mm -hmm. Like I actually don't think he realizes what he was doing. But Agreed. By not telling her and then an oh, by the way, you should come with me messes everything up because the whole dynamic is like, well, now Claire feels guilty if she doesn't say yes. And also is like probably feeling resentful a little bit because he didn't talk to her about it in the first place because he also never talked to her about her mom. And so like, I don't know. I I was actually thinking we'd get a little bit more residual from the previous episode because I'm like, oh, what a great opportunity to, to like show maybe Arnold and Claire having lunch together and then Arnold drops the Paris on her, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. He's not even in the episode. No. His secretary tells us the ter- – but <laughs> yeah, it's just – it's so much. And then like – Yeah, what was he expecting, that she's just going to drop everything and go with him when she's got Steve here and, you know, a presumed future? Mm -hmm. Which then Steve and her have already been having problems all season about how she chooses her dad over Steve and gets in fights with Steve for no reason because she's – not for no reason. She gets in fights with Steve because she's upset and she needs to lash out at him. Mm -hmm. So, like, showing up. On the last day of school in the middle of a party where Steve is clearly getting sad drunk and just being like, my dad wants me to move to France with him. Yeah. Like just drops that and yeah, with all of the like stuff that's been going on with them, she's like, I'm really nervous about him being there alone. And Steve's like, what about me being alone here? And like then it automatically accuses her of choosing Arnold over him, which like. She does kind of do. She really – she constantly does. Which, like, yeah, I feel like that's just further proof that this relationship between Arnold Arnold and Claire Arnold is not fantastic Mm -hmm. because he probably didn't think about all of this stuff when he accepted a job at the Sorbonne. Exactly. Well, and we already know that Steve and Rush have a bad relationship or at least – even if it's slightly improved, is still not optimum. Um, which all of this coming like all at once to Steve during this roast he gives for Brandon isn't even a roast. It's like, you know what's great about Brandon? Me. <laughs> it's it's so much. Like I literally wrote in my notes, time to roast Brandon by reading his resume. Mm-hmm. 
Because he just starts to be like, not only what did he win the Outstanding Student Award? Because of yes. course he did. Yes. He's like, he's also a Dreyer Fellow and a former writer on The Condor and et cetera, et cetera. Like, this is just like Senior Breakfast where it's mm. an inside joke that Brandon is best student. Right. Right. Which I think we even guessed about when we learned that this was going to be called Senior Something. We were like, oh, it's Senior Breakfast. It's Senior For poll. sure. And it makes sense, like, when you're on the show like this, like, you got to do that. But also, you don't have to. You can just celebrate all of them finishing their finals and going to dinner together or something like that. You don't need, like, a school function to, like, make it – anyway. But, yeah, and so, like, after the roast, Brandon, I guess, decides that, like, that wasn't a good roast, so I'll show you what a good roast is. It's – it's like he had to recover the moment for Steve, mm-hmm. but then it kind of like can also play off as kicking Steve while he's down, if you think yep. about it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, Steve just insults himself instead of roasting Brandon. And then Brandon's like, you know who gives a bad roast? Steve. When it's like, Steve was like the MC, or like maybe not even the MC, but he was like, maybe asked to speak on Brandon's behalf, like do the roast of Brandon. So like nobody knows who Steve is. Like, I mean, nobody knows who Brandon is, but at least they know a little bit because he's the TV guy and the newspaper guy and the president guy and all that task force. Lest we forget. (laughs) I forgot half of those. See, they needed to read the resume. Mm hmm. But yeah, nobody knows Steve, but they laugh at all the jokes anyway because I guess like Brandon basically roasts Steve for being entitled and rich and all that, not knowing that Steve was just told that no, none of this applies to you anymore. Just, just why? Like, I don't know why Brandon wouldn't like insult himself just knowing Mm -hmm. how long they've been friends. And you take one look at Steve right now and you're like, oh, he's screwed. But yeah. I don't know, because they also, like, they're kind of mean in their jokes. Like, you know, Steve thinks he's going to get this job from Rush instead of getting cut off like he does. And David and Brandon are just like, oh, yeah, he's going to end up in the unemployment line. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a little harsh, dude. Yeah. And then after all of that, I think it's, like, the next day – when Claire goes to see Steve and apologize, she's like, I underestimated your reaction of me moving to France. Yeah. Like, what? Like, yeah, that's, like, really thinking very little of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, I think it was this senior breakfast part, too, that took me out of the show for a minute, too, because, like, after Steve is mad and Brandon tries to apologize to him and Steve essentially like doesn't want to hear it, walks away, ends up falling in a fountain and people laugh at him. I was like, this is not good television. Like, I don't know what this is, why they decided to have Steve do a over the top, whoa, whoa, fall into a fountain. And then like people just basically pointing at him and laughing. I'm like, what? What what does this do? This does nothing. And then he like can't get out of a fountain that's approximately twelve inches deep. But he can't accept any help either because that would yeah. hurt his pride. Like yeah, like it just took me out of totally out of the moment. I think 
that's the thing is like there's writing choices that I don't agree with and don't make sense to me. And then, yeah, it's just senior breakfast part two where like, I get it. Brandon is the main character of this show, but like Mm -hmm. we don't need to make that canon. Right. Exactly. It's just, it's a lot. I mean, it's so weird because then, you know, after all of that happens and they have to resolve everything for at least like this episode, I'm sure something else is going to happen next week at the season finale. But Mm -hmm. like Steve goes to Brandon and so Rush comes to visit Steve and then Steve gets mad at Brandon for letting his dad in. And then Brandon reminds him, like, you realize I have no money, right? Like, you're just now in my boat. Yeah. Which is fine, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I have I have a complicated um, idea of this conversation because I think, I think it was just taken a little too much extreme because, like, Brandon was, like, judging Steve for being entitled or at least always having a safety net, a financial safety net, mm-hmm. and then it being no longer the case and expecting Steve to, like, be fine. And then Steve was, like, acting really entitled, <laughs> as he does. Mm-hmm. And because he's, again, like, he's only mad at Rush for cutting him off and, like, not giving him a handout and stuff like that. So that, to me, was, like, a little too extreme. But the conversation between Brandon and Steve is, like, okay, Brandon – yeah, you're not getting a Corvette every other week or whatever joke he made against Steve, but you're also fine. Like, your dad got promoted 1,100 times in the first four seasons of the show, has a job in Hong Kong, let you keep the house that you're living mm-hmm. in without a mortgage, by the way. I don't think he has to pay the mortgage because whatever happened with that realtor and like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Still got all the money he needed to go to see you, has not ever had to have a conversation about does he or does he not have the money to continue going to see you, has always had a car. I Granted, I know he bought one himself, but at some point, but like, do you but, have a job that pays you money that you have to contribute to be able to, to do all these and struggle all these ways that you're getting mad at Steve for? Yeah. So... Jim did give Brandon a Mustang and right. a house as apology for moving to Hong Kong. And yeah, Brandon does not have a job right now. Like presumably the TV station job paid him, but he quit that weeks mm-hmm. ago. And I don't even know if that's like a paid job because like it's still a college job. Like some of that stuff, like I remember at UGA at our uh, journalism school, we had like a news program and it's called News Source. But I'm pretty sure the people that worked that were just students of the journalism school doing that as part of their classes. So I don't think they got paid. (laughs) That's like, yeah, maybe Brandon's got scholarships. Maybe that was like a work study program or maybe it was for college credit. Like, we don't know. I think it's interesting that, yeah, they try and have this conversation, but it's not like, yeah, Jim and Rush would both step in. A hundred percent. And they have the ability to pay for whatever and like, yeah, free cars, free housing, get over yourselves. It just makes me think of like, imagine if Andrea or Jesse were in this room 
while Brandon was trying to tell Steve this stuff. I'm like, Andrea would flip a table. Right? So would Jesse. He's like, I'm literally trying to work my ass off to pay for law school and I have a daughter. Like, And medical school. Yeah. Like, like say less. I, I don't know. It just like, I understand like nothing is good or bad except by comparison. So of course, Brandon's situation compared to Steve's is different. Mm-hmm. Steve's compared to Brandon is. Brandon compared to Andrea, like et cetera, et cetera. We could, we could like drive ourselves nuts with all these comparing. I guess it just, for me, it was a little too harsh of like, you don't know what I've been through and you're suddenly here. You need to grow up. And I'm like, okay, but Steve's never actually experienced this before. It's okay for him to be a little bit shocked or a little yeah. bit like, I don't know what to do. You know, yeah. like there can, there can be some compassion here. And it seems like the way this story even ends, like Steve comes down all mad. It takes five seconds for Brandon to put it in perspective And then he's like, but we're not graduating from each other, which Mm -hmm. I think is supposed to be the uniting theme of this whole episode is like, we we can't be scared of moving on in our lives to season eight when we're outside of college. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it just, it doesn't land. And it's like, I guess they tried to like, like that part at least was like, okay, they're at least going to be fr- – like, my friends are my safety net. Like, okay, yeah. that's a little cheesy, but at least it makes sense, you know? But at the same time, while that's helpful, it's – it doesn't change the fact that, like, Steve still doesn't know what he's doing after college. He – like, maybe he can stay in the Walsh house, and that helps, like, with one expense. But uh, anyway, it just it, – it missed me a little bit, but – I think at the end of it, I was, like, a little bit back on track. Yeah. It's, it was something. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything else to say um, about Steve? I feel like well, we actually talked a lot about him. We did, yeah. Way too much. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the only thing left is, like, Claire came by. He asked her if she's going to Paris, and she says no, she's not, because, like, Steve showed her that he cared. Didn't understand that at all. In what way? They they keep making this happen where, like, Claire keeps trying to push him away. She doesn't mm-hmm. understand that he cares about her and has feelings above the waist. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I'm trying to figure out what about it. Like, was it yeah. the part when he got really sad drunk? Or, right. like, was it the part that he lashed out at her for a change? Like... Yeah, what if she literally expected him to be like, I'm moving to France, and he was just like, good riddance. Okay. Yeah, like, like, see you later. I'm sorry. Y'all have been together for, like, two years. hmm And I just – Claire's going to leave. Like, you know next episode she's going to be like, I can't do it. I have to go be with my dad in France and not with you. Yeah. Like she's gonna Susan him. Yes. She's yes. gonna Susan him. Um, random question. What are the odds of uh Prince Carl making a reappearance? So I thought about that because if she moves to France, like realistically, they're gonna still have some friends from when her dad like worked for the State Department or whatever he did, mm-hmm. like as a consulate. And you know, maybe she has friends from boarding school when she was younger but prince he lives over there and like 
Europe's so small. He could just like walk to France. <laughs> yeah. Their transit system is so good over there. You can just walk to the other countries. <laughs> oh my god! Like seriously, I don't. I don't even know if Arnold Arnold is going to show up next week. What if Prince Carl shows up instead of Arnold Arnold? <laughs> and that's Claire. What, like, I've come to take you to be with your father. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow he shows up and conv- he's like, it's what your mother would have wanted. You moving to France with your father away from Steve. Mm-hmm. God. Oh, God bless. Anyway, Mary, what else happened this week? David decides one hour before Donna's final in Professor Langley's class is the perfect time to ask if she wants to move in together. Donna's anxiety about graduating and moving on from student life gets the best of her, and she walks out of her exam. David accuses her of doing this on purpose because not graduating is the perfect excuse to not have to move on to the next chapter of their lives. For some reason, Donna's like, you're right, David, and she asks Professor Langley if she can retake her final. Professor Langley gives her a second chance and explains that she's been so hard on Donna because she has what it takes to succeed in this business, but she needs the confidence in herself to see that. I hate this. So I'm so (laughs) over everything that they keep doing to Donna of just being Mm -hmm. like, I think you're failing college on purpose to not have to sleep with me. Oh my God, you're right. (laughs) It just is like, I don't know, at this point overdone and really like underestimates Donna much like, I I don't know, like because with the Langley situation, I understand there's tough love, but usually there's a reason for it that is a known reason. Yeah. Like not like surprise. I actually think you're great in this business. That's why I've been so hard on you. It's like Donna literally had a panic attack before your exam. Because of you. Well, and because of David. But But still. Oh, my God. And then when she gets the do-over on the exam and the professor decides it's an oral exam so that she can give her trick questions. So much worse. So much worse. What? And she's like, name the three blah, blah, blah. And then Donna can only name two. And she's like, clock's ticking. You have 90 seconds. Yeah. That's not how you instill confidence in people. That's how you emotionally abuse them and tear Mm -hmm. them down. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, I just, I can't get over how everyone treats Donna and we're supposed to act like they're doing this for her own good and that they're good people that she should want in her life. Well, and like, truthfully, I have no problem with David asking Donna to move in with him. I have no problem with the question. I have a problem with the timing. Exactly. You (laughs) help her study for the next hour, take her to her exam. She comes out of her exam and that's when you have the conversation. You go celebrate, like have a nice dinner or even just have a dinner at the house, like even just spend some time together, go for a walk, whatever. And yeah, then you ask. Not like when she's literally not even able to focus on any other thing at all. And then you keep asking repeatedly and then get offended when she doesn't want to answer you. Yeah. Like how is that behavior okay? And then when she like has this panic attack and runs out and then goes to see him later and he's mm-hmm. just like, if you've come here expecting an apology, no. Yeah. I Like I, he's just – He's insecure. He's, he's insecure and he's taking it out on her. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't 
he he makes all of her behavior about him because mm-hmm. he's so insecure in their relationship because she won't have sex with him even though he's starting to get why they're waiting together. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's such an interesting thought too because like you usually hear about women sometimes using sex in a relationship to keep someone that they don't feel secure in their feelings for, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Like if they're not sure that a guy really is into them, They'll use sex because they're like, well, this keeps them, right? Yeah. But you don't often hear of it being like the other way around where one person's withholding – or not like withholding, just choosing not to. And the mm-hmm. other is still insecure about the other's feelings. Like it almost feels like David is worried Donna doesn't love him enough. Because she won't sleep with him or because she's not immediately like, yes, 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 let's live together, like whatever, which is baffling to me because I'm almost like, you should feel more secure that she loves you and that y'all have a like a good foundation of a relationship because sex is not complicating things. I know the lack of it is, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not clouded by lust. Well, and they've had those exact conversations multiple times and Mm -hmm. we've seen them have them where like... You know, she says that she's jealous about other people's relationships and he's like, no, it's apples to oranges. Like, you can't do that. And like, Mm -hmm. we love each other and I just want to be with you from what your grandma says. But then like on the other side of it, he has those times like in New Orleans where he's like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. I wined and dined you and brought you to New Orleans and yet you still won't have sex with me. Yeah. Like, I'm just – I'm so tired of it. Like, yeah, and and it sucks that it's like they keep intertwining this with the class mm-hmm. storyline at the same time because it feels like this is cyclical now. Like it's just a little, yeah. like um, a vicious circle that we're going in. Because yeah, like she goes to Langley's to ask for another chance. We don't actually see Langley say that she's getting that other chance, but then when she goes and talks to David, it's like for a moment. He, like, is like, okay, well, we're going to get you all studied up. I'm going to be great. Yeah. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to make you coffee and we're going to – we've got 12 hours or whatever he says. He's like, we're going to do this. And Donna's like, well, you don't have to do this. And he's like, I know. Because he wants to do it. I'm like, the disconnect is the disconnect. (laughs) But I think it's because she showed up and, like, she was like, no, no, you were right. I think that's exactly what happened. I failed on purpose because I'm scared of our relationship. Like, yeah, he, I feel like the way that this gets presented, which I don't think is anybody's intention, but, like, maybe it's because we're watching this now and not then. I don't know. But sure, it, it feels like David has to have the upper hand in this relationship. And because he doesn't in the sex thing, it gets real weird. Because mm. he has seen the way that Langley treats Donna. He knows mm-hmm. that this is something that would cause her stress and anxiety. And that final was 75% of her grade, and she currently sits at a zero. So she needs, like, yeah. a 100 on this final to pass college. And then he's just like, you're just scared of my penis. Admit it. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird because, like, uh, yeah, like, I agree. It's It's almost like – they're 22-year-old kids who can't focus on each other's needs and, like, like to have the maturity to know when it's time to focus and ask for things that you need and when it's time to focus and, and, and like, listen to what your partner needs, right? Like, 
you can both be addressing each other's needs at the same time, but sometimes your partner's going through something and you got to be there for them. Like think about all the times like Donna was there for David when he was experiencing his uh, manic episodes, you know, and not making it about her. And I know they weren't dating at the time, but like, you know, it's just there are plenty of times where one person's has to come above the others. And yeah, it's almost like David's like, well, no, we're not talking about me right now. We, we like, we have to still talk about me. We got to make this my problem. What about my needs? And it's like, Donna's li- like you said, literally trying to just pass college here. Like graduation yeah. is tomorrow basically. And she doesn't know if she's doing it yet. Yeah. Like he, he is looking at the big picture of like, we're about to move on. I have this mm-hmm. business that I have to run. Like I've just made a major financial choice in my life with buying Val out of the club and I think we should live together. And she's like, I have to get through a 90 minute exam yeah. and then we can talk about it. And exactly. he's just like, he can't, is it, you can't see the forest through the trees. Like, yes. I think that's the problem is like one person's farsighted and one person's nearsighted. Exactly. It's like, can't see two feet in front of them versus yeah. like, you know, yeah. It, it still feels like, I think you said a few episodes ago, like the same thing of like the Brandon and Kelly's same book, different page. Mm-hmm. It sometimes still feels like this more so with them than it did Brandon and Kelly. Yeah. That's because Brandon and Kelly just like constantly met up and we're just like page 53. Now page 12. Okay. Yeah. We'll come back. <laughs> they checked in a lot more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then like, yeah, presumably David and Don will pull an all-nighter. She has her exam where Don Langley is just like, I push you and I'm horrible to you and I give you panic attacks because I think you have what it takes. And then, okay, at, after she passes and mm-hmm. Donna like hugs her and is like, I'll never forget you. And Langley's like, yeah, you will. They all do. Yeah. Like, and it's like, hold on. What was that? Yeah. It's like now you're just like totally cool now that the class is over and you're like, I'm not going to remember you. You definitely aren't going to remember me. So bye. Like, I'm not going to apologize for treating you poorly. I don't. It was so Uh, weird. I'll tell you what. I don't care what Donna's future in fashion looks like when she has those stress nightmares where like you're you're having a server nightmare if you worked in a restaurant or like you Mm -hmm. find out you have like a test you have to take that you never studied for. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Langley. Absolutely. Like Nate's stress dreams, all of his teeth are falling out. (laughs) Yeah. Or he's like driving a car that the brakes work, but not well enough to actually work. Oh, I hate that one. It's like if that were Donna's, Langley would be like in the passenger seat or something. Just yelling at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like stop the car. And she's like, I can't. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure Langley is just going to contribute a lot to Donna's future therapy sessions. For sure. Yes. For sure. It's Langley, Felice, Ray. Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) she's probably just going to need like a lot of time for the ex-boyfriends. She's Mm going to be like, all right, David number one, where David cheated on me. We said Mm -hmm. we moved past it, but it's still in there. Ray, where he did this. I said I moved past it and I forgave him when he went and started dating Marisol Nichols, but I'm not like really over it. (laughs) David number two. (laughs) Joe, I looked him up on Facebook. Have you heard of Facebook? It's a new thing. Right. He looks really good. Except at the time is the Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still need like your college email? Just like, thank Mm -hmm. God I still have it. Right. 
Because that one time, oh, and now we can talk about college because Professor Langley, oh my God. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my God. Everyone in this, like that would be enough fanfic to last somebody a lifetime is just mm -hmm. talking through their therapy sessions. Mm -hmm. That'd be kind of cool, actually. Right? Well, it's like that one episode of Riverdale right before they graduate high school and they all have mm. to go see the guidance counselor and have mm -hmm. therapy. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> Do we have anything else to say about Donna? No, but I hope she does really, really well in her fashion career. That's all. I, I can't wait to see what she does now mm -hmm. that she has successfully passed Langley's class. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Mary, what else happened this week? Kelly is relieved when she gets what she thinks is her period, but still keeps her doctor appointment to see about going on the pill. However, at her appointment, her doctor notices some signs of potential fertility issues and asks to run a few more tests. Kelly is upset to find out she has endometriosis and will likely face difficulty conceiving and carrying a pregnancy to term. She worries how this will affect her relationship with Brandon, who has made it clear he wants a whole hockey team of babies. Still, he assures her that he can be happy with Kelly with or without a big family because he loves her. This. I was actually surprised at how sad this made me. Right? Because, like, I am openly and happily child-free. And, mm -hmm. like, I, you know, I never wish, like, anything ill on anybody else. But, like, these are fictional characters. And I have my opinions on Kelly and Brandon's relationship. But then, like... So the first scene when she's like, oh, I don't need to go to the doctor. I got my period. And he had that like shocked look mm. where he mm -hmm. was processing it. Like didn't get me at all. Nothing. Yeah. But then when Kelly gets the news from her doctor that was like, I did the pregnancy test, you know, because it's standard procedure and you were pregnant. That was a miscarriage. And it hit Kelly's face. Mm. Killed me. Well, and especially because the doctor was horrible. Oh my god! Horrible. Like, I love that sometimes it's a TV doctor is either going to be amazing or their bedside manner is like trash. Doctor Langley, yes, like literally, like she's like she doesn't give us a response from Kelly immediately. She goes, "Kelly, you need to answer me" or something, and I'm like, "You just told her she might not be able to have children in her future. Just like give her a beat." Yeah, like maybe you know lead the conversation more lightly. Don't just mm -hmm. be like, I saw this, this, and this, and we have to run more tests. And then later she's like, you might have problems. Yeah. It's like maybe we start with the like, there might be some things. I saw some stuff. Let's go from here. Like, right. don't just blurt it out and be like, well, I know you want birth control, but guess what? You just miscarried. Exactly. Like it was just so tough. And yeah, Kelly's face was just like, honestly, perfect. To what you would think somebody would react who had come to terms with the fact that they weren't pregnant to now being told you might have difficulties having children would react like it was such a good reaction from an acting an acting standpoint. But God, like I can't imagine like having all of that dumped on you like, oh, by the way, you actually were pregnant. Oh, by the way, you actually miscarried. Oh, by the way. You have abnormalities in your reproductive organs. And oh, by the way, you might have fertility problems. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's so. And like the doctor's just like, 
Yeah, you know, I think you have this. I mean, do you have back pain when you have your period? Like, Mm -hmm. just listing off symptoms, which, you know, by the way, like, some of those things you just normally have. Like, you could just have a bad period and not endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, I just – and then, unfortunately, Brandon does make it worse because he's like, hey, did you know that – you know, you need six people to build a hockey team. Mm-hmm. And like unknowingly, right? Like he's no just idea. like, hey, you know, like just want to check up on you because, you know, she didn't show up to the roast and she's up. Like, this is what I kind of love, though, about Brandon and Kelly 2.0. They are so upfront with each other. They're not hiding stuff. Oh, my. God. So also when she comes there and she's like, yeah, well, I ended up going to the doctor anyway. I wanted to see about getting birth control so that we could be like extra safe. And he just goes like, thank you so much for doing that. Right. It wasn't like good idea. It was like, thank you. Yeah. Whoa. Sometimes these writers are so good. (laughs) I got to say like if male birth control was more predominantly available, I feel like Brandon would be like, yeah, I'm going to do my research, but yeah, why not? I think so too. Whereas like Steve would think it's all a hoax anyway but he would be having therapy flashbacks of testosterone claire yes yeah oh my god yes but yeah like the fact that they're so upfront kelly immediately says like this is what happened um i want to be alone and brandon respects that it's like let me take you home and she's like no i just kind of want to be by myself but then yeah it's like it does like twist the knife a little further when he's like, you know, I'm really excited to have a family in the future with you. And of course, she's like, I like, I don't even know that that's possible. And of course, there's so many things running through her head, not just of that, but then the emotional side of things of like, what if this is a deal breaker? What if I lose the potential love of my life? Because there's something wrong with me that I can't do anything about. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, they both have to have these like, serious internal conversations and then they have to talk together Mm -hmm. and yeah kelly just had that horrible doctor's appointment she's spiraling at this point you know i mean definitely hours later brandon goes to see her because he says like she's been picking up the phone when he wants to check on her which i kind of love that that like Mm -hmm. you understand she wants to be alone but like you just need to make sure she's okay and then when nobody picks up you're like i have to just go check Yeah, like it is like a beautiful thing of like, I'm going to give her her space, but at a certain point, I just, I need the peace of mind and I need to make sure she's okay. Mm -hmm. And I also love that Kelly knows herself enough to know that like she also needs to turn the ringer off on the phone. Yeah, that is like constantly, I'll like turn my phone on mute and put it somewhere else, but I have a smartwatch that I didn't Mm -hmm. silence and I'm just like, well, dang it. Now I got to go check my stuff and now exactly. I'm available again. Right. Now I'm not in my feelings anymore. Yeah. And just Yeah, when she talks about the endometriosis, it's helpful definitely for the audience to like hear what it is, right? The mm-hmm. exposition a little bit. But then I think what was great as well is when she says that, you know, 40% of the time you get pregnant, you would miscarry with endometriosis. But Brandon is like, well, that's 60%. That means that it will happen. So I like those odds. I love, love, love that Kelly was like, no, no. Like, it's not an odds thing at this point. This is a, I am literally going through life and death in my own body. And you could not possibly ever know what that is like. 
first of all, love her stating her, like, how she feels mm-hmm. factually and, like, intently. Love, love, love that Brandon says, you're right. Yeah. He doesn't get defensive. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't get upset. He says, you're right. And I loved it. Like, I loved that he said something that he thought mm-hmm. was going to reassure her about their mm-hmm. relationship. Like, right. I don't think, you know, he never had any intention of being like, I'm willing to put you through this 40% of the time. 100%. Right? Yeah. He's trying to be like, that means that, like, there is still something that we can talk about here. I'm going to be here with you. I I like this still. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, okay, but, like, think about the words you just said. I need exactly. you to understand exactly what mm-hmm. physically happened to me just now. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, my God. I, It's in the other story, but I feel so bad for her that Ugh. she had this doctor's appointment. <clears throat> then Brandon shows up and they have – that like good conversation, but like you know she's like scratched raw at For this sure. point. For sure. And then she shows up to have dinner with her father, which is already gonna be hard. Mm-hmm. And Val is there. And it is so clear in her mind that he picked Val over her because yep. Val came first. Yep. Hundred <sighs> percent. I just Kelly had a bad day she sure did yeah because like she doesn't stay for dinner she storms out because now she's got two people she hates she goes back home is trying to like feel her feelings kind of step away from it all she's drinking coffee or tea or something outside of the beach apartment brandon comes by and he's like i know we didn't talk about it but i thought you would come over after your dinner and she's like i love that she doesn't say sorry you know, she's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I just couldn't. I need, I couldn't. Like, this is what happened. Val showed up at the dinner, and now I'm going through a whole other situation, and I can't decide who I hate more. <laughs> and imagine Brandon at this point where he's like, oh, my gosh, she just gave me the ultimatum about Val like two weeks ago, and I've mm-hmm. been ignoring it. And now Val is showing up at her father's dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't catch a break. Mm-mm. It's wild. It is absolutely wild. I do love, like, seeing how Brelly 2.0 really has seemed like they've grown. They're not falling into, like, old patterns. They're not – they're not – they're also not, like, dwelling on maybe their old problems. Mm -hmm. Um, They both clearly have, like, grown as people and are actually able to be – better versions better versions of themselves to each other and for each other because like the way their story ends this episode is like them connecting right they're hugging they're talking about like i'm so glad you're here and brain's like of course i'm here like i wouldn't be anywhere else like stuff like that and so i think it's actually like a beautiful thing this time around whereas the first time it felt very college like it felt mm-hmm. young it felt you know it felt appropriate for their age, but now it's like we're shifting into an adult relationship, and I really like it. The adult relationship is exactly what I was going to say. Like, mm-hmm. we have these other couples that are getting faced with not even close to the same thing. I yeah. mean, Kelly and Brandon are having to deal with her fertility when they've only just gotten back together a couple mm-hmm. months ago. But then you have Claire and Steve trying to figure out what their next move is 
when I guess neither of them have any sort of idea. And then you've got David and Donna where David's ready to like really take the plunge and move in together. And neither of those couples handle having these adult relationships outside of college together. Mm -hmm. But you have Brandon and Kelly that like they're, they're openly communicating. They're very honest, like both physically and emotionally, like, Mm -hmm. and yeah, the way that she doesn't feel the need to say sorry about something she didn't even know he wanted her to do. Yeah. Because that is not how that would have happened with David and Donna. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I do still like that Brandon brings it up. Yeah. But I love that he like qualified it with, I know we didn't talk about this, but here yeah. was my experience. Like that is an appropriate way to like, say something without being without then sparking a defensive reaction yeah and yeah it's just for whatever reason the writers are absolutely crushing Brandon and Kelly and maybe I don't know maybe Jason and Jenny have just like been working together for so long now that they are just bouncing off each other more I don't know we don't know what happened but like it's just whatever it is it's working yeah I will be very curious what their relationship does going forward but I also don't think like we have anything to worry about for a long time agreed do we have anything else to say before we get to the Derek of it all (laughs) let's see how Mars attacks this week Valerie ignores all the obvious signs that Derek Driscoll is an alien and gives him all of her life savings in exchange for crashing Kelly's dinner with her dad. Except he's not actually an alien, he's just an embezzler who hasn't worked for Bill Taylor in months. Bill's like, aw gee, wish there was something I could do about all that money you lost, Why Valerie deals with the knowledge that she just got maloned. Oh, top tier synopsis, top tier. <laughs> beautiful like chef's kiss no no it's, I feel like we end the episode now right like that's <laughs> it folks <laughs> oh my gosh she sure did didn't she <laughs> and like she does he is mm-hmm. very clearly an alien invader and she's <laughs> just like is that a red flag can't be here no. you go but the door on your office says Bill Taylor <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know how you have to take security training at your job and like one of the main signs of security training that you have to address every single year is like one of the signs of a scam is urgency. Mm-hmm. Like it's why you get the like phishing text messages where it's like, hey, I'm in a meeting and can't talk from CEO or like, mm-hmm. hey, I need you to get this wire out immediately. Like that's kind of one of the things that Derek is doing where he's like, Bill doesn't talk business at dinner, so you have to get me the the money before you talk to Bill. Right. And then like, oh, well, you're going to have to get it to me by four because I'm going to be here and that's the only time you can get it to me. So get it to me by four. It just – yeah, it like starts off immediately way more creepy and like clearly a lie than any of the previous episodes did. Yes. Like – Like, ugh. I would not – have expected this until this where she goes to see him in that like quote-unquote temporary office space and he seems so shocked that bill taylor is in town yeah oh he is 
not like he is you know like not like something definitive it's like oh he is Hmm. of course he is i'll arrange for us all to have dinner and val should have known also that bill and kelly are having dinner because claire told her maybe two hours ago Mm -hmm. like i really honestly thought when he said the dinner thing yeah that val was gonna pick it up oh me too and honestly, like, I kind of wanted her to. Yes. Like, I don't like that she got Maloned because I don't think this is a call Jonesy and get your money back scenario. Exactly. I was just thinking about that. Like, this is a Susan um, mustache. Not Susan. We love Susan. Susan. Uh, Suzanne. Suzanne and mustache. Suzanne Steele or yes. something. Like doing this bit to Dylan, and Dylan is left like penniless and drunk and all that stuff. I'm like, are we repeating here? Which, like, we kind of are, but obviously the circumstances are different because it's like Val wants to do a con against Kelly and then she gets conned herself. Like, that's a little different. But yeah, like, I so badly wanted her to pick up on it. But yeah, it is kind of the same thing because the reason that Dylan was so easily duped is because Suzanne was using that he wanted family and Derek is using that Val wants family. She wants to be connected to Bill because daddy. Exactly. Exactly. And like, it's so wild, all of it. Like when they meet for happy hour. First of all, I love that Derek just orders two red wines. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know how many red wines there are, Derek? <laughs> it's like in any other show or movie when they're like, "Can I get a beer?" It's like, what kind? There's not. There's not one here that just says beer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I have seven taps on draft. What are you mm-hmm. doing? Do you want a can? Do you want a bottle? Do you want an IPA? Do you want a lager? Do you want? Do you want it in a glass? Yeah. Like, there's so many other questions. <laughs> so many, but yeah, he just orders two red wines and then. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is the part that falls through is if Val had been any way suspicious at the office, it falls apart here where she's like, mm-hmm. I admit that I called Bill Taylor to be friends with him to drive Kelly nuts. And then Derek's just like, I didn't even tell Bill that you guys were friends, which is true because he hasn't talked to Bill in three months. Exactly. Like, he's lying, but he doesn't know it's the truth. Like, there's like, so because he also says like, oh, Bill, Bill can't make dinner because he had other plans. Also the truth, but he doesn't know that's the truth because he doesn't talk to Bill. Yeah, because then he's like, the way to get a good impression with Bill is to call him directly. Yes. I'll take this money. Bye-bye. Yep. And like, Val does pick on something weird because she's like, well, hang on. Like, I want to meet the guy who I'm about to invest my entire life savings with. But she doesn't pick (laughs) it up enough because then Derek recovers, like you said, and is like, well, yeah, you can just give him a call. Meanwhile, he's been telling her this whole time, oh, you can't just give him a call. Oh, you can't just talk to him. Oh, you can't meet the man behind the curtain. Yeah, because he, he he says exactly that. He's mm-hmm. like, there's no reason to talk to Bill because I'm going to be the one handling your money. Mm-hmm. So he's changing his story, which should also be a red flag. Exactly. And so, yeah, she just takes out, takes out the 100 Gs, gives it to him, but still wants to go meet Bill, whatever. So... Oh, my God. Oh, and then, yeah, like, Bill Taylor calls her because she sent flowers to his room. And, like, 
it was a little creepy and I didn't mm-hmm. like how all of that went. But then he, you know, he says like, oh, well, we'll just meet for drinks before I have dinner with Kelly. And like, I don't know, facially, it did not seem to me like Val had any concerns about what she was doing. Like, this is the problem with a Valerie Malone situation is she doesn't even think to eight o'clock when Kelly shows up and sees what she's doing. Exactly. Yep. And it's kind of wild because like at drinks, Bill looks weird when she mentioned Derek's name, Mm -hmm. but doesn't immediately say anything. Right, because Kelly immediately shows up and it all goes to shit there because, you know, she's like, what the hell are you doing here? And Val is is blinded by her owning of Kelly and says, oh, I'm just having dinner with my financial advisor and causes Kelly to be upset. So like mission accomplished. I don't have to think about anything but the satisfaction of making Kelly upset. Until Bill immediately leaves with Kelly and then Val's maybe just like, hmm, didn't see that one coming. (laughs) What did she think was going to happen when Kelly showed up? Because she keeps telling – she tells Bill that Kelly told her to invest. The second he found out that was a lie, like, what's she going to do? Be like, well, you already have my check. Be like, I'll give it back to you. Right. Exactly. But they have breakfast the next morning where she comes clean to Bill and then he's like, Derek hasn't worked for me in three months. And I feel so bad for her when she's like – he hasn't worked for you and that he works on commission or that he's been out of town. But if Bill caught him embezzling money from clients, why didn't he get arrested? Yeah, why didn't he report him? <laughs> like, you could definitely say that there is like a privilege moment happening here where maybe he did do the right thing and Derek just got out. But like – sure. There's also a solid chance that Bill caught what he was doing, fired him, didn't tell anybody, Mm -hmm. and then now his behavior is biting somebody in the ass and he gets to witness it. Right. Exactly. And just like how we end on Val's face, just like, that's all the money that I have. Like, that's everything. It's just like, oh, God. When Bill Taylor sweeps into town, someone suffers. Always. 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 And like, yeah, this is going to be like Suzanne stealing all of Dylan's money or the last time that Bill bailed on Kelly and just left her a $10,000 check mm-hmm. and she went on the Coke bender that Val reminded us of. Exactly. At the beginning of this episode. Like, I just got to say, the only reason that that first scene existed was like to tell us that Bill and Kelly were having dinner that night mm-hmm. and then to also set up that something terrible is going to happen to Val for the rest of the season, at least. Yeah, and to remind us, like, what a – um, gosh, what do they call Linda Cardellini in uh, Dead to Me? Oh, God, I don't know. When they're like – she's a – it's it's like a – um, it's like a natural disaster. Um, like a – Hurricane. Like a ticking type time bomb or like a pitfall or something. Like I'm not thinking of it, but like Bill Taylor yeah. is like a, a, a windstorm or something. Like it's like he only brings dis- destruction in his path. Um, And yeah, like, like you said, as we were reminded in the beginning of the episode that like last time he was around, Kelly got addicted to cocaine. And now literally like he's come into town and Valerie lost all of her money ever. And like, 
the fact that she knew that the last time that Kelly got upset at her dad, she went on a coke bender, mm-hmm. and then she's like, you know what I'm going to do? Piss Kelly off at dinner with her dad. Yep. Like. Just I, I, I can't even begin to mm-hmm. guess what's going to happen. I know, but like, I guess this is their like continued. There is a hard line between, you know, one through three in high school, four through seven in college. Hard line. Now we're adults, and all of a sudden, Val doesn't have her club. Thankfully, she has a college degree. Mm-hmm. Almost. But like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And who knows where she'll be. And it's crazy because, like, this is the final episode before the season finale. Part the Well, the two-part season finale. So everything's got to, like, happen and and next week. I'm so curious if it's going to be just a repeat of Dylan mm-hmm. where, she, like, Dylan didn't tell anybody what happened right. to him. He just went on his bender and everyone was just like, yeah, well, you know, sometimes he, he falls off the wagon. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Is is Bill going to say anything? Is she going to say anything? Or is she just going to, like, suffer in silence? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to find out next week. And, like, it's going to be a two-part season finale. It's going to be something big. And I, I can't even begin to guess. So after all of this talking, do you have a quote of the week or is this a quoteless episode? You know, I think it's a quoteless episode because like I think I liked more conversations rather than specific quotes. So I guess like if I had to pick words of the week, it would be the conversations that Brandon and Kelly had with each other signifying how much they've grown in their own relationship with each other. I agree. I like if I had to guess like a moment, a conversation, I think that's what I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mary? Did you have any quotes? Do you have moments? Um, No quotes. I think my moment of the week is really just Val being too consumed in her wanting Kelly to think she has some kind of relationship with her dad that she just ignored red flag after red flag and gave away all of her money. Mhm. I I mean, talk about constant reminders that these people are still only 22. Like right? they like to act like adults and then Val just can't see past trying to Malone to the point that she got Maloned. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I love I loved your synopsis so yeah, much. Like I just so want to print it out. <laughs> Like, I think that might need to be on our Instagram post for this episode. I kind of think so. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Do you guys have any predictions for next week with the finale? I know it's called, like, Graduation Day Part 1 and 2, right? Yep. It's Season 7, Episodes 31 and 32, Graduation Day Parts 1 and 2. Because, like, I I got nothing. I think – I love the idea that Prince Carl shows up and Claire breaks up <laughs> with Steve and goes to Paris. Yeah. I mean, we got to get Claire gone. So I think earlier, I think Mary said that, like, she's going to Susan him. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's a really yep. good prediction. 
I think we're going to see something happen with Valerie. Not sure what her reaction, like actual actions will be here. And then, you know, I could see, I could see us doing like a, um, like a Boy Meets World, the apartment shifts who owns it or lives in it and stuff. Oh, okay. And I could see something where like, and this isn't necessarily a prediction for the season finale, but maybe the opening of season eight, but like somebody else lives in the beach apartment. It's not Donna and Kelly and Claire, but it's like new character, new character Steve or something like that. So, okay. Kelly moves in with Brandon. Yep. Uh, can't explain how she and Val will live in the same house at the same time, but we don't need to think about that. <laughs> um, Claire, Susan's, and just leaves. D- David, whose <laughs> lease is up in somebody else's house. <laughs> I love that he's at lease. That guy owned that house. Right? Like, <laughs> it's not that you're, like, I don't know, maybe your lease is up because somebody's coming back or what, but, like, you could just keep living there. Right. By yourself. But... David moves into Claire's room. Kelly's room is now open for a new character. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Brandon and Kelly would be in Casa Walsh. I don't know if Steve and Val would still be in Casa Walsh. Steve needs to get a job first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe if Kelly wants to move in, Val feels like she needs to move out. And that's how we introduce a new character because Val goes to live with them and then just has to like mooch off of them for a while. I can see that. Mm -hmm. I could also see just dramatic roommate nonsense with Kelly and Val. (laughs) For a little while at least, (laughs) right? Yeah. They'd be so close. And apparently walls are incredibly thin. Mm -hmm. Insanely thin. Even if you're further down the hall from the other room. Yeah, I just – do you think Bill is going to make it to graduation, Bill Taylor? Ooh. Like, I don't know that they would pull that again. Yeah. But, ooh, what's her What's her uh, secret sister's name? Hope? Faith? Grace? Katie? I don't even – No. <laughs> like, I completely forgot. Because, like, what if she shows up and then all of a sudden it's, like, this weird mishmash family where it's Bill, his secret love child, Kelly, Jackie, Mel, Aaron, and David all at graduation together. That would be insane. Joy. 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 I was close with, like, the hope and faith and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, like, you were, like, in the virtues. Yep. (laughs) Like, yeah, what if she shows up? She could. All, she all could. bets are off. Like anything I have is, no is, idea. is up for grabs when it, when we're in a finale. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I don't know. I kind of hope the gang, like teen detectives, a little bit, even though they're all in their 20s now, and like try to track down uh, Derek and get Val's money back. But I don't really have high hopes for that happening. I don't either. I have I a feeling think- consequences might actually last a little bit. Well, yeah, because it's Val. Like, they have no problem giving consequences to the brunette in the group. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to see. Like, I can't even fathom what nonsense they'll come up with. So, until then, you can follow us on Instagram at Back2Podcast. 
You can also send us over an email with any of your predictions for uh, this season's finale, the parts one and two at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All of that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community, and then we can give you all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we will give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week from all of us at Back to Podcast, I have to go read Lee Iacocca's biography. I would like two red wines, please. I fell in a fountain. Bye. Bye. See ya.